Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. As you can see, I am joined by a double pleasure today. I have two guests uh, coming back onto the show and I'm really excited for the topic that we're going to be discussing today. From Above Duality, I have David Shurjan and I also have the quantum nutritionist, Nicole James. Thank you guys for coming back on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to be here. There's a lot of Palladian love in the room right now. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's been so much happening. 2020, I feel like, is the year of crisis. (laughs) Like, what else could go wrong in 2020? But um, there's been something that I've been kind of noticing and and learning through my own engagement with life and, and the energies and all of that. And it's so important to know what's going on, you know, in to some degree, because you don't want to be giving tacit consent to anything that you're not aware of. But at the same time, going into research stuff can sometimes pull you into a lot of different rabbit holes, or if you've done your research and then you're engaging with audiences that don't haven't done the same kind of research. And there's like the polarities playing at, at, at um, against each other. All of that really affects the timelines that deep down we want to create. But in essence, I beg to ask the question, which timeline are you truly creating? Do you even really understand what timeline you're truly creating if you're constantly engaging in the narrative at play? What are your thoughts on all of that? I'll start with you, Nicole. Uh, So, I I mean, if we look at all the greatest teachers of ancient times and and even our teachers of today, energy follows, you know, our awareness and what we put our energy into, actually, it amplifies. So whether it's pain in our body or things that we don't want to create in our reality, we're focused on what we don't want to create. We're only putting more energy into it. So, yes, I agree. We need to know what's happening, but it's also how we... um, you know, how we utilize our energy through that. So we can be aware of what's happening, but not be emotionally engaged with it as well. Um, but it's just, you know, when I talk with two people with their health, it's the same thing, you know, so we need to create, it's like overriding different program patterns in our brain. You know, if we're used to doing pattern that's not serving us in a healthy way in our body, then we need to overwrite that with something else. And so um, I think it also keeps us stuck in the matrix get out of right so it's like the process of peeling back the layers understanding and discerning what is truth what is untruth but then also being able to okay focus upon what we want to create rather than you know focus on what we don't want to create you know because it only feeds that energy and it keeps us in a lower vibration that actually prevents us from reaching those realms and those those frequencies that we want to anchor into our body and create this new earth yeah i agree with you david you always ask me second. Ridiculous. Game is rigged. Well, you know, ladies first. Come on. Ladies first, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, all, everything that Nicole said and, and more, very well spoken. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult if you're a light bearer, a light worker, to really determine 
where you should put your time. And I think it comes down to really a reset mentally of figuring out why you're doing what you're doing. It's a big, big thing, this. And I've experienced this in teaching people about entrepreneurship, teaching people sport, whatever it's been. You know, unless you anchor that why, it's very, very difficult to stay on a, a transitional path, on, you know, on growth, to grow. And so, you know, when you think about it, and Nicole, I know, is a, a, Nicole James is a, a wonderful athlete, former very, very high-level swimmer. And I've spent a long period of my life as an athlete as well. And kind of when you're on the path, well, what's the path of growth? It's continuing to get around people who are of higher caliber than you, um, of very high stature, of, of, you know, you get around the in crowd, and then you just continue to go up until you reach what? Your goal, the, the goal, your dream, the thing that you've stationed in your consciousness to reach. Now, of course, when you get to that level, whether you win a gold or you don't, whatever it is for you, is then you must then ascend. And that ascension is actually looking back and teaching others. And a lot of people do that. Some don't. I did and then didn't. And it's a very interesting path. But I think what we have to do in this, in this awakening is really know that um, you, have, you have control over really one thing, and that's you. And that's, everybody knows that. Um, but we're not really doing it enough. We seem to be in this realm of, and I'll get into sort of the quantum manifestation side of what you're talking about in a second, but just sort of every day, every day, day to day, if, if you ask people why they're on social media, they can, they struggle to tell you. I ask them like, why do you go and post stuff? Why do I post stuff? It's something I ask myself and it's people struggle to answer why they're doing that. And if I can, you know, some people say, well, they, they want to red pill people. I'm like, well, you do realize that if you're using an online platform and I'm very guilty of this, by the way, I'm going through it right now is if you red pill people online, you're using a fraction of your human and, and consciousness senses potential, right? You're using a very, very narrow bandwidth of communication to reach someone. Now, can it work? Yes, it can. Um, but if you want to read people, get out there in the world and talk to them, get to know them, add value to them, and brighten their day and bring your light, bring your presence into their presence. I mean, that's one of the greatest things you can do anyway if, if your frequency is high. Um, so the red pill side of things is not, it doesn't stack up for me when people say, well, I want to red pill people. Well, yeah, you can do that for a time, but you're using so few of your skills as a conscious being by doing that in that online channel. Now, secondly, if you talk about what Nicole was talking about, which is everything you give focus to expands, right? And we all know that this, and I think this is a big part of this, this division that seems to be quite, and even me saying there's division contributes to the division frequency, right? So I've got to be careful of it as well. It's this funny game. But I think if you can just sit back and um, take the time to raise your vibration um, individually, you're actually benefiting the whole, right? Everyone doesn't sort of realize that they're trying to get people to a place when they haven't got there themselves. And um, so getting back onto sort of the, the manifestation side of things, nothing exists in duality other than which we've created. Nothing. No law of gravity. The masters talk about this. No law of anything exists except for the one law, which is love. And that's the creation vibration. Right? It's the enlightenment creation vibration. Nothing else in duality in a law or anything exists without the conscious awareness of the perceiver. Mm -hmm. right nothing has been created other than what we've created and 
And that's why, you know, the powers that be that have created this matrix have known that if they can control our perception, they can control what comes out, right? Because they're controlling the people that create, which is our minds. And of course, now we're breaking free of this and we're creating new reality. But just to come full circle, um, the greatest thing people can be doing, the greatest gift you can give humanity, and I said this before in other shows, is the, the pursuance of your self-mastery. Right? That's the greatest gift you can give humanity at this time. Now, does that mean you should remove yourself from social media and all this kind of thing? Well, that's a personal decision, and you have to, to decide that. And Nicole, for you talk about taking breaks um, off the online platforms, off the digital world quite, quite frequently, and it's a very good idea. But I think you have to assess where the, where the vibration comes before you post something, before you look at something, because the, the vibration, the frequency behind your action defines its nobility and defines its outcome. And that's an important part too. So just to put some commentary on that, I think people, it's good that people are online and, and doing this stuff and taking control of the microphone, but it's got to go from somewhere. It can't stay there. And that starts with the question of, well, two, five, 10 years from now, what kind of a world do I want to live in? And when you figure that out, then I think you'll get off social media. <laughs> right. I mean, it's becoming quite clear to me too how strong telepathy is getting um, in my own reality and uh, how much I'm starting to be able to communicate telepathically with you know people around here but also off world and that's another way of you know engaging with people and it's definitely a higher frequency it's definitely one that carries a completely a different coding system than the one that we use with each other verbally or through social media. And I, and I'm really glad that you said that David, because it really is a very tiny fraction of how we're able to engage um, the world and the energy fields of, of all around us. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, and, and I know you guys are big fans of um, Joe Dispenza and on all of that. And, he talks about the future and how like in order for you to create your future, you have to know who your future self is and start making decisions and choices that the future self has made, not like who you still in this reality current time is making. And when I look around at how we're engaging one another and I, I, again, fully, I've done it. I do it, you know, like, and so we're all doing it cause we're all human and we're all trying to learn this. We're trying to work through this and learn the better ways it's like um, I'm constantly using methods I've always used um, to try to, um, it's not so much that my, I feel like I'm trying to awaken people, but more of like, I want to speak my truth and come from that place of authenticity and not let the fear of how other people may perceive me or judge me control what I want to share in the moment um, in time. And so it comes from a deep desire of me wanting to share something, not because I feel someone needs it, mm -hmm. but it's like, um, understanding, well, if I constantly keep talking about the problem, <laughs> you know, like how do we get to the solution and talk about how, what are the choices that we need to make to get there? Like, what are we still doing? That's recreating and, 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 keeping us in this looping system of the matrix so that we are constantly creating their timeline because I feel like most of us 
are unwittingly contributing to creating the timeline of the matrix, darker shadow system, how, whatever you want to call it, um, instead of the new earth um, timelines that we're all, you know, kind of talking about. It's, mm-hmm. I think we have to kind of step back and really reassess, like, how is this helping? Um, is this actually helping or am I, because I'm putting so much focus and attention and energy onto certain things, am I now imprinting my own energy field with that? Well, that's okay. Well, this is the other thing. Let's talk about this. The, the, the entities that control the world right now, okay, human and non-human are very aware that when we go down into these deeper rabbit holes of understanding what's really going on, that our energy is being imprinted with theirs. And we're taking that on, especially if most of us don't have a strong enough um, spiritual hygiene practice to um, negate that, to um, make ourselves impermeable to that. And there's certain coding that happens. It goes right into not just our energy field, but our DNA, because when you're visually seeing something, there's a lot of traumatizing stuff out there that you can see. It imprints into you, and now your mind will never know if it was real or just something you saw. There's, there's that aspect too. So I'm curious what you guys, um, how you guys look at that and what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, if you take it from a DNA perspective, Nicole, there's emotional receptors on our DNA, right? So if we're watching like, you know, shows on Netflix about, you know, gore and witchcraft and sorcery and blood and you know demons that's actually activating like you said certain genes in certain ways you know and you go back to joe dispenza right we also have um, higher frequency emotional codes in our genes that can activate different genes so it's really creating who we are because our dna is what creates who we are Right. So the emotions that we're engaging into, the energy frequencies that we're engaging into absolutely affects every single part of our physical body, you know, not just our emotional states. And so it really does, like you said, imprints, it activates genes in us that becomes who we are. And so it is really important to be aware of that and to not engage in those energies um, because it absolutely can affect your field. And then, you know, via heart coherence, I think we talked about this last time I was on your show, you know, the field of energy that we're emitting, we're literally pulsing out magnetic fields around us at all times. That's influencing every other being that we're in contact with too. So it's the ripple effect that happens. And so, you know, if we talk about what we want this new earth to happen. We want to stay in that 5d reality. Well, we have to become the 5d before it's actually here, right? Because that's how you create it. You know, that's how you overwrite those those programs that's how you activate those higher energy you know genetics that are you know don't been dormant within us like all that junk dna that that you talked about what are those genes that are encoded there why haven't we been able to activate them yet and i think now is a time where we are you know that is available to us because of these new frequencies that are coming into the earth and and the, the support that we have with the other beings around us as the earth is ascending so are we and so you know, just take it just from a physical perspective, um, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, you know, and our energies that we're surrounding with all the time influence every single thing about, you know, about our bodies, about, you know, why we're here. So, 
really important, you know, that we can be aware of what's going on and we can speak our truth. And I love how you said that. But I think it's also important to note too, um, is not having expectations, you know, is it, if we're going on social media and we're posting things because we want to change someone's mind. We want to tell people, Hey, I know something you don't know. And that's ego driven. Right. And we're, you know, we're, we want to expect that we want to force someone to change their beliefs. It's like, you know, we're speaking from our heart, we're speaking our truth, then we can let that go. And, you know, whoever's ears it falls on, it was meant to, you know, to be shifted by it, it will, and, and not be concerned with the outcome. And I think that's really important as we rise up in, in frequency as well is, you know, being able to anchor our truth in here, but not expect anything, you know, from it, you know, or from other, how other people are going to respond to it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Very the, good. The expectation to the outcome is the one thing that kind of stagnates all timelines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it creates resistance, right? And resistance just freezes up our energy fields. Yeah. I was just writing as you were talking that, and I was listening. Um, but uh, I think it's kind of, I maybe will change this, but I think it's kind of a three-stage process for, for awakening. You know, one is, and there are lots of different, sort of things underneath these headings number one is um this is sort of essential number one is awakening right so you become aware of uh what's going on in the world you become aware of the infrastructure you become aware of the um the infiltration you become aware of the light the dark duality you become aware of everything and you can that can be very very deep you can get into sort of dimensional understanding and parallel lives and uh extraterrestrial off-planet races uh, interventions and presences and all this stuff like it's a, the awakening can take a long long time and it can can be a real roller coaster i think number two on that path quite quickly after and it can come sort of on the the same sort of um channel as as when you're awakening or it can come after it's very sort of personal is you start to connect and network and broadcast with other people and what that does as a human being um in this incarnation is, as you're a human is it, you know we love to to um, to talk about our issues and talk about what's on our mind to talk about our loves or to connect with the community right the community based uh, living which is extremely important family is is part of that it doesn't have to be blood family you know family can be a, your community as, as we talk about often so there's that piece of the 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 uh, um, ascension is, is is to it's connecting and broadcasting and networking. And then I think we get stuck there and us, even with platforms, we get stuck with the broadcasting piece and we forget that really our platform, if, if we're true leaders, should be to get rid of it. And what I mean by that is, and I'll take you back to a story. This was about three years ago, I think, when I was still building my digital franchising business, which is really sort of network marketing with a, um, it's just different, but think of network marketing. And so we would go out regularly and go out and talk to people as I still do now. Uh, whenever I'm out and about, I try and bring light to whoever I'm uh, around. It doesn't always work. People can't understand me for a start, but there we go. Um, and uh, I was talking to a young lady who's in the gym and she had a very big social media following us. I found that out later. And part of sort of my day to day was to go out and connect with people and to make one new connection every day. I still kind of do that a little bit now. But anyway, and we were talking and I was finding out what she did. And um, she told me that she had a, you know, this platform and she was an influencer and uh, she had sort of 60, 70,000 followers, you know, good social media platform. This is on Instagram. I was to find out later. And she was sort of talking, it was quite egoic. 
like, I don't know if she meant it that way, but it's certainly the way that I received it at the time. And she said, well, you know, I have X thousand followers. And we got talking and I knew what I was going to ask her after that. And so, well, that's amazing. But how many leaders have you got? And can you imagine, can you imagine if our social media platforms, we were rewarded based on the amount of leaders that we had as a result of us speaking our truth and maybe there's some teaching there or people taking ownership of our message and finding their own voice. And I think that the, my message here is the third part of um, what we need to be doing, us with platforms, us with microphones, although there is some, you know, when, when you're in a military situation, when you come in to um, take over an area, certainly older military tactics is you come in, you conquer the enemy, and you'd, you'd hold ground, you'd maintain ground, right? But then you'd move off once you've given that power back to the people or get or restored whatever plan you had. Now, I'm not endorsing war. And of course, we know most war has been um, based on many premises of many lies. And I'll leave it there. I'm not taking away from any people who serve. It's a wonderful thing, a lot of honor for you. Um, but we need to move to number three, which is to create the alternative reality. We have to create now. And those of you who have been speaking online for a long time, I'm not saying leave that and let the mainstream media sort of take over, but we have to sort of split here and start to create the new earth. And if we're continually going round and round in the narrative without putting any focus on creating the new, then what, what happens when you've woken everyone up, guys? Like, let's just say everyone knows about the infrastructure of the world right now. Everybody knows, everybody's, well, what do we do? If we haven't been creating the new earth, the Ubuntu's that uh, Tellinger, Michael Tellinger is doing and other people are doing, Simon Parks is going to be doing as well. I won't mention too much of that because he hasn't announced that. But um, if we haven't put a lot of work into the creation of other stuff, well, what's going to happen then? We're probably going to be manipulated again. right? We're going we're gonna to be pulled in by some controlling force again and stood off in the direction. So, And part of that creating, of course, is the the daily practice of self-mastery. I go back to it all the time. You guys have got to, someone asked me this yesterday. They said, what, what can we be doing? Like I'm feeling totally disheartened. I feel like we're not winning the battle. I feel like, you know, the, the media is presenting this and that, mandatory vaccines and the, the 5G and all this stuff. We all know about it. Is You just have to get quiet. Get away from the, the, the loudspeakers of the internet and get into and start studying the teachings of the masters. There's many, many of them. They all kind of say the same thing to a large degree and carry it sort of in a different backpack. Um, and that is to, in thought, word, and deed, to start to move your life into what the masters would do. Someone posts something on social media. What would Jesus do? What would Krishna do? What would the Buddha do when reading this? What would they do? Ask yourself that question. What would the masters do in this situation? Or even gonna... better, what would your mastered self do? Right. Because at the end of the day, when you're talking about, I love how you said that, well, how many, you have X amount of followers. How many leaders do you have? When people hear that, they think, well, you know, that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, you know, like, but it's not about everyone trying to lead one another. It's just about you leading yourself. That's mm -hmm. it. At the end of the day, you just need to become the leader of your own life. The mass, like you said, the master of your own life, self-mastery. And that's what it's really about. And I think, you know, when we constantly looking around, one of the things that I find a little disheartening is seeing people who have built these incredible platforms of influence 
and talking about, you know, the, the message is of a positive nature. It's empowering, but it's done in a really fearful based manner. And Mm -hmm. it's also done in a kind of force, like you better wake up, you, you know, like you're stop being a sheep and all of that, you know, to me, that is not the way to go about it. And it's very damaging because I've said this before, your frequency shows up well before your words and your frequency has more power than your words do. So if your frequency is not aligned with your words and is less vibration than the words, then that's what people are going to be imprinting into themselves. Right. Yeah. And just to finish what I was saying, people ask me on time, well, what's your goal now? Like I was, I kind of retired last year to a degree that was my goal and now I'm busier than ever, but figure that one out. But really, it's, you know, with above duality, it's to build it to a point where I work myself out of work. Like I, I and I've always said this ever since getting into the e-commerce world of, of, of mainstream business is the, the theme is freedom. As a business owner, I want freedom. I want to control the uh, uh, what I do, who I do it with and when I want to do it. That's for me is really true entrepreneurship results. Okay. Um, now as, as microphones that we have and the platforms that we have, I don't know about you, but my goal is to work myself out of work is to build this platform to such a point where I can say, you guys have got this, you know, it's in the end of gladiator. The, the, the dream that was Rome is returning power to the people and leadership. The foundation of all that is leadership. And that's a sort of a 3d term, but there could be spiritual leadership as well. And I highly encourage everyone. I spent a lot of, a lot of years with John Maxwell a wonderful leadership author he's got a book called the um the five levels of leadership and the fifth level is when you train leaders to train leaders that's the pinnacle level and how do you do that well if you're not uh, helping other people transition and become and you're moving off well you're not training leaders to be leaders so you're always going to be stuck at that level now if that's your goal that's fine <laughs> that's great stay there but my goal is not, and I've talked about this with Nicole James a lot, we talk about it ad finitum, is our goal is freedom, our, co- our goal is high densities, and our goal is to move in towards the new earth, into mastery states, to be in a service to others' um, modality as, as, as often and as frequently as we can. And so our thoughts, our words, and our deeds have got to move in alignment with that, otherwise we get stuck in the paradigms that we're in now and the reality we're in now, and that's not acceptable. So what you're talking about is eliminating the codependent nature of the leadership follower kind Mm -hmm. of dynamic. Right. And I think it's really important that we all recognize that is a codependent relationship. And I am all for like eliminating codependency. There's nothing wrong with interdependency, but codependency is just something I'm not about. And I think you know, people who are in leadership positions need to be very aware of how they may be creating codependency through their own leadership. And mm-hmm. like, for me, I've had to let certain clients go because it's, I can tell they're not taking, um, they're not taking their own healing and everything into the, into the levels that I know they're capable of because they're, they're, they're comfortable being told what to do or shown what to do as opposed to starting to explore how their own leadership can come through. And I think that we have to, as a society, be very aware of that. And 
it's important to inspire others to go beyond where even the leader is. Like that should be the goal, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I don't want to hog the microphone here. It's very interesting to see, uh, I won't mention any names here, but there was a, a child that I was around the other day. And, you know, when a, a wasp or a bee sort of comes near an adult, I, I do this, by the way, so I'm maybe speaking of myself, you go crazy, right? Suddenly you're, you perform this sort of uh, breakdancing routine trying to get this fly, this uh, wasp or this bee away from you because you're terrified that you might get stung by this bee. It's this ridiculous fear. And I, I've grown up with it. I've had it since I was a kid. But watching this child, um, who's probably 9, 10, 11 years old, there was a wasp that was flying around her and she just stood completely still. Like um, there was no fear around her, just complete presence, complete stillness. And it just blew me away because it reminded me of how much we have in our minds that, that rules our reality, how much our mind controls us. And it was a reminder for me. But yeah, I mean, just to sort of piggyback off, off, uh, of that I suppose is what, what do the powers that be that are not in control anymore, but have been in control for so long? Um, what do they fear? They fear you waking up and not needing them at all. Like that's the most, um, that's the scariest thing for them. They have no influence on you. You have control of your thought word and deed as you do anyway, cause you're a sovereign being. You're just remembering that that's what we're doing now. We're just remembering it. And I, you know, I walk around and I, I've been traveling recently to the States as, as you both know. And I was probably the only person, maybe I saw one other on the way here uh, who wasn't wearing a mask in the airports. Now I had to wear one to get on a plane, despite the fact that I was saying I had a medical exception because they wouldn't literally let me on the plane unless I wore one. I took it off on the plane anyway. Um, but I was the only person walking around without a mask in airports. The only person maybe one, one, one or two other people. And I think right now there's a group of, there's probably three, three or four groups of people that people who are asleep and just, and just want to be told what to do. Like you said, Nicole, they want to be, they want to have their lives governed, a government, a government, government, in Latin is mind rule over the mind. They want to have their lives ruled, right? That's okay. There are people who are kind of, uh, who don't want that, but don't want to rock the apple cart. Um, there are people who sort of vehemently oppose any kind of thing that isn't freedom. And then there are people that just live away from society in states of mastery. Right. And if you go around walking around people, there are a lot of people who know what's going on, who know about Q, know about the Alliance, know about what's really going on in the world, but they, they still go out and wear a mask. Those and, are good citizens. Right. right. And they don't <laughs> want to stand. They don't want to take that next step to say, to really, this is because we're in an age of knowing now. They really don't want to enter that stage of knowing to remember how much of a sovereign being they are. And Sasha talks about this. Many people talk about this. The way that this, this, the infrastructure on earth has been set up, you don't owe anything to anyone. If you're in debt right now, uh, whatever it is, and if you've mismanaged that, then that's maybe on you. You don't legally owe anything to anyone. All the laws and the legality of the infrastructure on earth is all void. It doesn't, it's not cosmic, I say law again, but it's not cosmic law. It's been created by physical people and other beings to control a population. You don't owe anything, you know, you're under God. You are God, you're part of God. So you don't owe anything to anyone. So I guess my message finally is to to say to people to stand up, like 
I, I will never, unless you won't let me on an airplane, and then that's a different story, I will never wear a mask. And if you ask me to leave your store, even if I provide a medical exemption to you, I will leave the store, right? I'll go and do something else. I'll go, there's plenty of other people to go and see and buy stuff from. So, and that's just, and I've talked to Nicole James about this before, is I'm very defiant on that because anything that encroaches on my feeling of freedom ain't going to be in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's also easier too for people to be like hold that victim archetype than to take responsibility, you know. And I, I see that with my clients as well, Nicole. You know, they rather it's like constantly need you and want answers from you rather than looking within themselves and taking responsibility for the state of being that they're in that they don't want to be in and actually making those uh, difficult changes, those difficult choices. Um, to, to create the change that they need to in their lives. So I think, and it's easy right now with everything that's going on to be the victim, right? You lost your job, or, you know, like all this stuff is happening and we can just perpetually be the victim. But what, what, how does that serve you? You know, how does that serve your family? How does that create change in your life to get you to the place where you want to be? Where you could t- spin that around and go, okay, nothing happens to me. Everything happens for me. What can I learn from this? How can this shift my energy in a different direction that it wouldn't have otherwise? You know, where am I placing my energy, my focus, my attention, and in the, allow myself the opportunity to, um, to, you know, create a greater life for myself. And I see this with my clients, that, you know, somebody that comes in with cancer, you know, all of a sudden they've gotten rid of their toxic relationships and they've cleaned out their body and they're eating and they're more active and they, they you know now they're cancer free six months a year down the road and they go oh my god that was the greatest worst thing that's ever happened to me because now I'm happier and healthier you know that sometimes these situations happen to us and we don't see it because we're like stuck in the valley rather than seeing the view from the mountaintop really what's and why it's happening until down the road. So it's like trusting in that, you know, like doing that spiritual practice that you talked about, going in, trusting the divine, giving up your will to the divine will, and, you know, really becoming the master of, of our emotions and how we're holding our energies. And that's how we create change. It's like that quote by Einstein, you know, we can't um, solve a problem with the same consciousness it was created from. You know, so we have to rise above to be able to transmute these energies that we no longer want to be surrounded by. Mm. Yeah. I mean, ignorance is the only enemy of man. Ignorance is the only enemy that we have, really. And the opposite of ignorance is is what is knowing, is knowing Mm. what we are, who we are, where we are. And uh, that, once you get into that path, as the masters talk about, is it don't seek the master's is become the vibrational state that they're at and you'll see they've always been there they've never left right and it doesn't mean that they won't come to you if you ask them that's they're kind of bound to that in service which is wonderful yeah. which is what we're becoming more like but as as you r- rise and raise into these states you'll realize that they're already there they've been there all along it's so like, i'm going to play devil's advocate with you too i want to play devil's <laughs> advocate with you too and um just so that because there is this thought and um, I'm curious what you guys think about it because it's something that I've learned along the way and, I, and I'm like trying to look at everything in all perspectives, you know, not just stay in one tunnel thing because I think it's the right thing and just keep going that way. So when it comes to the mask and not wearing it and you're like, I'm not going to wear it, I refuse to wear it, like it's whatever. What about the thought of that which I resist persists? Because if 
there's this element also that's underlying there that I've known that there's certain things where I'm like, no, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then there's times in my life where I finally like, you know what? Okay, let go, surrender, experience it, but choose to experience it in a different way than what I've been resisting actually helps to move us through the problem a lot faster than opposed to resisting. So I'm just playing devil's advocate. And I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about that. I should jump in, Nicole. Uh-huh. Yeah, this, this is a really, really important point. Uh, I've talked about this with Magenta, Magenta Pixie, and she's talked about this quite a bit as well. It's part of this one, two, three step process, awakening, connecting, uh, broadcasting, networking, and then moving on to three, creating. Part of the transition from two to three is transformation. You can't create something new unless you transform something and have a transformational element to what you're doing. Now, the mask wearing if you're if you're doing anything and you two know this in defiance and resistance um you will absolutely receive that back because there's a resistance vibration there and that will attract more of it it will it will bring in more circumstances whether through dis-ease or other life circumstances for you to experience more resistance and so what's so important is kind of what i was talking about to begin with is the vibration back of which your action is centered from is key so if you're saying and every, if you wear a mask and you're watching this, that's great. If you think that that is the thing that you need to do for your security and health, do it. Fantastic. Absolutely great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when you try and when I try and push you and push me to do something which is my agenda, not yours. So we have to respect that and empathy. Understand, Like you said, um, we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes, Nicole. But it's, it's so for me, um, before I, you know, I don't go around looking at people wearing a mask and go, you're wrong. You don't know what's going on or you're, you're spineless. I, I send every person I meet and I've, I've talked to Nicole about this is I will try and send the God frequency to like the soul in me recognizes the soul in you. You are so loved projecting that at everyone. When I, when I'm out and about to the best of my ability as I'm remembering it. And so the mask wearing for me is that the transformation process is, um, I feel the resistance. I am so grateful for the resistance because it's an ascension tool. By the way, these things that come up against us are ascension tools that Nicole said they're happening for us to ascend. It's how we transform it that that determines the speed and and direction of our ascension is to then say, well, uh, I'm not going to feel any negative states of vibration as I'm around people who wear masks, as uh, people who I'm in stores who are the gatekeepers who try and get me to wear a mask I'm going to try and transform that energy into the love energy and carry on with my day because a lot of people, and I've spoken to a lot of you know light workers, light bearers, light warriors, whatever you want to call that group of people in the great awakening crowd. And I've been this way is they're like, I just want to go into isolation. I want to get away from people. And the thing is if you, and there may be times where you need to do that. It's important to center yourself and come back in, but none of the masters were in isolation. They had periods of isolation, but they were among the people always. How are people telling the stories about them? They chose to come into the people to be in service to people. So that's so important. And we have that, maybe it's a small echelon of the the great awakening crowd, but we have that ability, those in pursuit of the mastery states to transform this energy and to be among the people because the greatest transformation they can go through and experience is your consciousness you know, around you. So I just want to share that the transformation piece is, and Magenta talks about this a lot is so, so key 
to then moving up to the next level. I'm not sort of a, um, a master of it, but it's something that's very mindful in my day to day. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, once it really depends on where you're coming from, like you said, David, and for me, you know, it might claim myself as a sovereign being. That means I'm claiming my own freedom to make choices, which are best for me. And for me to be forced to wear a mask would create more resistance than choosing not to, not to wear one at all, you know, and being denied entry into somewhere else. Um, but I think from the bigger perspective, we have to be very careful about you know, things like this and kind of it becoming this um, normalization in society. And if you look at our history, you know, things that were normal, you know, were, can be, were very, very dangerous. I mean, it was normal back in the 30s not to sterilize instruments, you know, in, in, before medical procedures. It was normal for, you know, the wealthy aristocrats to send their babies off to wet nurses rather than, you know, breastfeed them themselves. And a lot of them died along the way. Like, so what becomes normal can be quite frightening. And our future, you know, the future versions of ourselves, our future humanity might look back in horror about what's happening to us right now, just because it's now normal to wear a mask. Is it going to be then normal to to get vaccinated, you know, every couple of months, you know, for the next new disease that comes out. Like, what are we creating by accepting this as is what's more um, frightening to me? And so I think the more of us that can stand in our sovereignty and stand in our own freedom and, you know, um, just cower to the powers that be is, is going to allow us to create the change, to create the society that we ultimately want in the end. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Those are great answers. And I love both of them. So since we're talking about, cause I don't want us to be hypocritical here and we're talking about how the, you know, how important it is to stay engaged in a timeline of creation that serves humanity um, to its best versus the destruction of it. Are there any things that either of you are personally doing in your own lives to facilitate that creation like what sort of techniques are you guys using um in your own personal lives yeah i mean a lot of what i just said um i'll break it down sort of on a day-to-day -day, you know my and this may be old news to some of you but it's i think it's important it helps me get to where i'm going right now certainly some of the things i'm experiencing the calls i talked to you I've spoken to both of you about before is just extraordinary. Some of the magical things that are happening in my life right now are just are quite indescribable to be honest. Um, is, is to start your day with gratitude, to spend as much of your day as possible with gratitude um, for all the things that are happening to you, whether you like them or not. That's so important. That gratitude vibration is, is really key to abundance and abundance consciousness is the path to that. So staying in those states and that's, of course, controlling the mind. So making sure that you're developing the right thought routines to stay in those states. That's another sort of topic for a longer, a longer show. Uh, when you're interacting with other people is that you're, you're really in a service to others mode as much as possible. It's how can I serve you? It's taking from God and giving to people. And that's really what the masters teach as much as you can. That sounds, you know, glossy and, and um, light talking about it and on paper and doing it. It's a very different thing, especially when you have to mix in people's reactions and people's, you know, interactions with you. So there's that is, is I'll have um, 
I'll do things like I'll have, uh, this, this will depend on my mood, but I'll have favorites hours. Um, you know, Esther Hicks talks about this where you go, you'll go through wherever you're at. You'll go, that's my favorite pencil. That's my favorite pad. That's my favorite phone. And you'll say that with everything. Everything becomes your favorite. So it raises the whole vibrationary field of you. It's amazing when you do that, by the way. Um, I'll do things like um, I'll, pro- I'll be driving and I'll project things onto people when I see them just like bystanders or even in the car. If I see someone running, I'll be like, you've hit your personal best today. And I'll command that upon them or lots of things like that. Um, meditation is obviously part of my day. I know it's part of both of yours. Um, whether it's half an hour, an hour, it doesn't really matter. It's getting into the quiet. I'm spending a lot of time in nature right now, listening to the nature sounds. What, one amazing thing in nature is, you know, when you go into a, maybe a, even a garden setting or a park where there's no one around and there's a lot of nature there, it scatters, right? Go, birds fly off, squirrels go off because you've disrupted the vibrational harmony that they were in. But if you sit down, get quiet and be completely still, you'll find that nature returns to you it's amazing and balance is restored and there's this magical energy when that happens. So I'll try and do that every day, wherever I'm at, I'll spend time in nature and get into those states. Um, and then there's my sort of my daily work. It's really assessing why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like I said, revisiting the why and making sure my thought, my words and my deeds match up with that end result. So it's all that. Those are my daily practices. I think you touched on a really important point, Nicole, which is to have a routine now, um, did the masters have a routine? Not so much, but you've, in the 3D life that we're in right now, as we're transitioning, if you're not in the mastery states, you've got to build up to being in them. And I think a routine is really, really important before you let, let go of it. And it's to become, um, another thing that I do as well, that's a throw and I'll finish off, is to become much more than ever, to become detached to attachment and to become radically attached to detachment. And that's very, very hard to do. It's much, I don't want to be sexist here, but it is harder for men, it's easier for men to do than women to a degree, not all, it's a blanket statement, but women's brains work very differently to men's. We have our nothing box and that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, we can go into states of, of nothing and women can do that for sure. But um, you, you women are amazing, by the way, the way that you are connected to so many things. So for men, that can be slightly easier. It will require different practice. For women, I can't speak to that. But anyway, those are some of the daily practices that I get involved with, and they're producing some magical results, certainly in, in my, uh, my life. So, Love that. Yeah, I love that detachment. I mean, it's the, how they t- masters talk about, you know, becoming empty, right? Like the Buddha. Like, and when we become empty, we become full of everything, and we understand the unity and everything. Um, mm-hmm. For me, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of these four cornerstones. Um, and I love the work of Tom Kenyon, um, who's a channel who works with uh, the Hawthors. And they talk about the ascension spiral and it being basically inside of a pyramid. And each corner of, of the bottom of the pyramid is, you know, things that we need to focus on to keep that spiral ascending in, you know, a unified manner. And, you know, the first corner being our physical body, what, how we take care of our health, right? It's really important for me, you know, I I eat as healthy as I can. I try to work out as much as possible because it makes me feel really good and it gives me a lot of energy in my body. Um, You know, relationships is another cornerstone, you know, how are my relationships doing in my life? Whether it's my children, my family, you know, my partner, um, you know, relationships with, um, with colleagues. 
and in the service, you know, how am I serving, you know, what, how am I using my gifts to serve the world and my purpose here? Um, and then that last cornerstone is the relationships to the elements, you know, to earth, air, fire, and water, which are, you know, our, our connection to, to Mother Gaia. And so it's really important for me, um, you know, to have that quiet time, you know, to do that meditation, to go inward. If I don't meditate, you know, at least once a day, I feel like my energy gets scattered. Um, and if I don't, I crave going out into nature and being feeling connected to the earth and, you know, just engaging with that, those earth energies is really, really important. And I think, you know, we're, as human beings, we're, we're meant to stay connected to the earth. That's what, where we harmonize you know, in terms of our, our optimal brain frequencies, um, you know, harmonize with the Schumann frequency of the earth. So if we're, you know, in, in the concrete building and, you know, we're never getting out on the grass, we're never, you know, around the trees, um, it really affects our energy field and it affects our nervous system in the end. Um, and keeping our nervous systems calm through chaos is really, really important right now. So getting out there, however you want to just go walk on the earth, you know, if you're feeling scattered um, or sit down by a tree or just if you can't just put on nature sounds in your house, put on birds, put on, you know, rain, um, water streams, anything that that actually calms our nervous system down. So that is really, really important for me because it's always it's always a challenge, right? You know, life in 2020 is going to is a constant challenge. So you have to constantly have the tools that that work for you. And there's so many things available, whether it's frequencies that you can find on YouTube or so anything that's going to calm the nervous system is really, really important. So um, daily practice, especially in the morning, you know, if I can start my day in that space of higher vibration, I feel like the day is just easier. And I can, you know, it's like Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, you can create your day in the morning, how you want to feel, how you want to walk through your day, imagining it, visualizing it, actually, your brain doesn't know the difference, right? From visualizing versus, you know, um, it actually happening. So um, it's a constant work in progress, um, but having those foundational tools, you know, and being able to doing kind of doing an inventory of myself and where I'm at on a daily basis just helps me keep moving forward towards that goal. That's yeah. really important. Yeah. Like speaking to the idea of a routine, I just, the reason why the routine is so important is because we have to retrain our subconscious to the point it's no longer, you know, something we have to consciously choose. It just becomes part of the subconscious and mm -hmm. allows us to live through our life in a routine manner, but without us even realizing it because it's so healthy for us. And, you know, one of the things that I've, um, you know, speaking to you, um, Nicole, talking about the, the sounds help, helping to calm the nervous system. A lot of the times I'll just put on thunderstorm music and mm -hmm. I'll just go to sleep and um, I'll have my, my phone on airplane mode and I have it in my Spotify to play. Like I have it all downloaded so it can just play there. And I find that that's been really soothing and relaxing and all of that. I've also found that, um, you know, when everything kind of started in March, February, March, you know, and all this started to kick off and with what's been kind of going on. And of course, we're in a very big year with the election. Um, you know, I was just totally in it, you know, and, and just consumed by everything that was kind of going mm -hmm. on. And that's why I had to do that digital detox. But even still, I've been finding now I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. I understand. Um, but I can't create what I want if I'm constantly like in someone else's creation. And so choosing to get more time, I'm, I'm being conscious of how much time mm -hmm. I'm actually spending on understanding what's going on in the world. And sometimes there are days I won't even care. Like I just, you know what, mm -hmm. 
Yep. Today's a Monday. I'll, I'll look into that on Thursday, maybe, because today I really want to focus on enhancing my education of learning more about the deeper esoteric stuff of understanding, like, how am I connecting with my DNA? How am I, how am I engaging in the quantum field? Like right now, how do I explore and expand my mind beyond what I already know in this current moment of time? And a lot of that has been come to the result of understanding, like, I want to engage with my future self more and mm -hmm. learn to invite my future self to communicate with me more so that I can start in engaging with the timeline and helping to create it faster than where perhaps the future self has gone through to get there. So it's, if we're constantly engaging with the timeline outside of us versus the timeline we really want to create, then we're no longer in our power. We're no longer mm -hmm. facilitating that at a, I don't want to say a faster rate, but it kind of is mm -hmm. in, in a sense of um, creation. And so it's interest. it's, it's, it's important for all of us to be really mindful of, you know, it's a very simple term. We all know it, like where your focus goes, energy flows. And so how much of your focus is going into your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, um, your YouTube. And, and, and if it is, what are you engaging with? You know, like, so I've been really conscious of choosing, like, for instance, YouTube right now, it's just people who are really putting out like really important, truthful, honest, high vibe stuff that really starts to expand my mind, makes me think in a new and different way. And that future only comes, the future that you don't experience right now that you want to experience only comes when you start thinking in a new and expanded way, because the current way is only creating what you're currently experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and David turned me on to the Masters of the Far East books, and one of the, you know, one of my favorite quotes in there is, in order to make the future perfect, you have to make the present perfect, mm. right? Because if, if you make the present perfect, then ultimately, you know, the future is going to be perfect, you know, so yeah, absolutely, 100% I mean, agree. It's been talked about for so long, I mean, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now is a wonderful book, go back and read that, whoever's listening to this is an interesting read, but it's very, very important in terms of the message. One thing I used to do in the daily practice with that is um, everything I did, I would try and slow down. I got to do this again. It's kind of fun. I'm getting quite good at sort of being in the now state more now. So I've kind of left that behind. But for anybody who wants to sort of get into the now more, and by the way, when you're in the now, nothing else matters. The, part, the uh, past doesn't matter. The future doesn't matter. The state of human being really becomes um, first and foremost. It becomes who you are. Right? You become present, presence. Yeah. Anyway, um, one thing that I used to do is, and your point of power is always in the present moment, is I would, every action, you've got to really slow down to do this, is every action that you perform is um, you take three or four or five times longer to perform it. So, for example, if you're going to make a cup of coffee, you take three or four or five times longer to grab the kettle, to to appreciate every single connection point of your finger to the handle its vibration you can try and feel it there um to when you pick it up to feeling the forces in 3d working the sound of the water just taking so much longer to do it and if you do that we're just making a cup of coffee take 10 minutes to make a cup of coffee oh i can't do that i'm not gonna have time well then you haven't set and streamlined your life for freedom sorry you haven't no i totally agree with that 
and eating, doing that while you're eating as well, well yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because I use one of those um, mocha pots, you know, the stovetop coffee makers, um, the Italian ones. And I've been using that to make my coffee for, I, I guess, I don't know, the last six, seven years. And um, I love that it takes time. I actually love that it takes time for my coffee to be made. I like that I get to put my energy into it. I love that I'm not just pressing a button on like a Keurig or something like that. And, and that I get to hear the percolating on the stove. And mm. it's just, I like that it actually takes time because I enjoy my coffee so much when I do go to drink it, that I like that I get the opportunity to put all of my love and energy into it. And mm. so you just kind of taking it to that next level, David, just using that as an example of mm. really kind of slowing even that process down and really becoming super aware of all of the yeah. textures. Because here's the thing, what you're talking about is you're becoming in tuned with the textures of that reality. And when you become in tune with the textures of that reality, when you go into your dream state, this is what I had Ian Wilson on. He's like, you're, you start to dream in the textures and our dream world is very much part of our co-creative abilities. You know, like the reason why they keep the, that so many of us, you know, they ruin our gut system and, and all of that so that we don't, you know, a ruined gut is, it doesn't allow you to dream as well because the dream world is so attached to the intuitive abilities of your gut that we are losing, you know, whatever it is, six, eight, 10 hours, however long you're sleeping of co-creative abilities to change the world. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Well, on food as well, one thing you just reminded me of is I now pretty much every meal one might sneak by that, that gets, gets without this, but um, I'll bless the food. Every time I have food now, I'll bless it. And the invocation that I have to bless, it's really long. Like it takes a long time to say it. It'll take probably 10, 15, maybe even 20 seconds to say it, maybe even longer than that. And when, if I introduce someone to it, if I'm around someone, it's really weird for them because they're like, hold on a minute, I'm having to wait another 30 to 40 seconds to eat. And of course, the vibration part of that's important, the, the gratitude part of it. But it's really interesting to see, and I'm going to post a lot of these invocations up on abovedreality.com very shortly. I'm a bit behind with admin. Anyway, um, is is when, when you do that and when you take time to do stuff, if it's like a violation to you and it feels weird, it's because you need to do it. Yeah. Because you're doing too much, too fast, you're too busy, and you've got to slow down and get quiet, you know? Absolutely. And to go circle back to something else you brought up, that idea of going into nothingness and how men have it a little bit of an easier time going into nothingness than women. And I told it, it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Um, it's when it comes to you being in that present moment and finally getting to create something that you've wanted, but you're not experiencing right now. I literally just experienced that this weekend. So back in, you know, I've been really blessed. You know, when I, when I've been here, I had friends cause I had to start all over again and I had to walk away from a big, investment opportunity that I invested a lot of my, my savings into like almost all of my savings. And I had to start all over and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to build an online business. And you know, it just took time and they, you know, I needed a car. And so they're like, well, we're going to gift you one. And I was gifted a car, you know, for a couple of years and it came into my awareness that I was going to have to give it back um, in June. And so that came into my awareness. I'm like, okay, no problem. And at that time though, I was also thinking, wow, it's time for me to get my own car. And, um, so I've been like kind of putting it out over the last couple of months. Like I just really want to make sure though that when I get it, 
it's the right one. I want to sit in. I want to love it. I don't want to just get something just because I need it right now, you know? And, and I've been looking for the last couple of months and going looking and I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, whatever. And then I had a girlfriend coming over this weekend to stay with me for a week. And, um, before like she got here on Friday that morning, I'm like, you know what? My linen closet is just become like my ultimate man drawer of like just stuffed all junk into it, you know? And they, and I'm like, I got to clean that out. Like it's just every time I look at it and I've been meaning to clean it out for six months. And finally, like I've just spent an hour, hour and a half is all it really took. But I took all that stuff and I just said, I am not attached to any of this. And I threw it all out, cleaned it all out, literally 24 hours later, I found the best car for a price within my price range that I don't even know how this car is in my price range. And it's in total great condition. I was able to buy it yesterday. Oh, congratulations. And it's just like clearing all that stuff out. And so Mm -hmm. it's so important, like just kind of what you were talking about, the importance of, you know, non-attachment, clearing stuff out that shouldn't be there anymore. That's it's, Mm -hmm. it's expired its existence in your reality, you know, like clearing all that out. Really, there's a total energy um boost. huge yeah yeah uh, the last two months i've literally gone through my entire house and i'm still working on my garage and just purging everything like i don't use this why i've uh, literally i've had boxes of stuff that i moved from like three different places that's still in a box I'm like why do i have this here and it's incredible how it shifts your energy just by clearing out just stagnant energy of stuff that's yeah. not even important yeah, that we're holding and on to. Making space for more. Exactly. That's right. You know, it's really interesting. You probably experienced this, both of you. When you get into these states that we're talking about here today, when you start to, which is what it really is, bring and integrate into your life the presence of God, of the all, you know, the highest level of consciousness into your life, magical things start happening. You start getting brought stuff, things start appearing. And I was talking to you, Nicole, Frolic, about this before we came on. Things just start appearing in your life. And you, you start to feel like you're in a little bit of a movie. Things become a little bit hazy. Um, there's kind of a glow around things. Things You start to be able to feel energies more, connect with nature and plus all this stuff. And, when you, and that's, that's the God vibration uh, or getting close to it. Because when you listen to all these masters, so many, many of them over the years, um, they're not doing and performing magic tricks. They're just literally reaching into a drawer and pulling out what's already there. And what you've got to, what you've got to get into in terms of the, the creation states of these masters were in, which was where we're all going, by the way, some of us are, are further ahead than others. And I've got a bit of work to do, but we all have, um, is that you have to become aware of the wardrobe. You have to become aware of God that everything is already there for you right now. And there is nothing, everything is abundant, but you've been trained and conditioned to think that it's not, and you have to do something. Even the law of manifestation has been created by conscious beings by us. It doesn't exist. When you, when you obey the law above that, which is the law of God, you take out the whole layer of manifestation. Yeah. Cutting out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easier said than done, by the way. I'm not saying that I'm there yet. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't be on this podcast. What? Um, I so wouldn't be. I'd be, I'd be on and uh, be in the Pleiades somewhere. Well, we could still do a Zoom, I'm sure. Well, speaking of the Pleiades, shall we do something fun to cap off this, uh, this show? Something to do with the Pleiadians? 
since sure. all three of us are Palladians. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of P energy coming through here right now. Um, you were talking earlier about, um, is, um, Nicole, do you, is there something that you do to invite the Palladian energy in? Um, I just, I'll call them in. Um, I have, and I've, I've worked a lot with uh, free writing. So sometimes I'll feel their energies come in as I'm, as I'm writing. Um, but just, yeah, I mean, I don't think people understand how it, it doesn't have to be complicated to call in these higher beings. It's just, it, you, it's just your intention, you know, and the pureness behind your intention is all it takes and, and to not have any expectations of, of, of outcomes. So it could, you know, some people expect to hear voices or expect to see things or feel things. And um, yeah, it could be, you know, just a overall emotion that you feel in your body. A lot of times when I feel them come in, it's just, it's just a very loving feminine presence is, is typically what I feel. Um, I'm more of a feeler than a seer. Um, but yeah, yeah, just using pure intention and love and, and they'll respond. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What about you, David? Um, I mean, lots of different stuff. I'll give you one exact, exact example. I'm not sure whether I've spoken to both of you about this, but I was having a, this was probably about a month ago, and I was having a, a just a frustrating day, and I was just frustrated with, with things in general. And I went to do a meditation. It was a lying down meditation, and I actually fell asleep in this one. But before, I put an intention out to the play. Let me give you two examples. I'll put an intention out to the Pleiadians to, in this particular instance, to just bring me something to get me out of this state, whether it was a way of thinking, whether it was a image, whatever it was, and I just left it. And probably within a couple of minutes, I just started laughing. Like it was literally, I, there's no reason for it. There's nothing going on. There's no one else in the room. Uh, there's just me there lying down. I just got this kind of, this um, stimulatory, uh, laughter that was coming through me it lasted probably for five minutes on and off and I, I then took it with me for several days actually so that and that was a direct outreach to the Pleiadians um, other ways that I I'm about to and also do do this when I'm out and about stargazing and I've said to you both before I have so many sightings during the week anybody can do this if they actually get settle themselves get their vibration right and reach out to whoever's out there when you go and look at the stars or even during the day as well by the way um, is to um, is to just invite them in like a simple invocation. Like um, I'm a service to others being, and I wish to welcome your presence. If you want to do like a little seat, you five meditation. Sometimes what I do is I'll imagine, um, and you can imagine color chakras if you want. I kind of imagine white light chakras. Now I used to do the color thing and now it's sort of changed a little bit, but I'll imagine the heart center, my heart center. Um, this can take sort of 20, 30 seconds, take a couple of minutes really like a central sun glowing really bright and then um, i'll imagine my hands that's my light and i feel that i am god i am part of god um, as we all are and then i'll imagine my hands outstretched to the heavens as i close my eyes and that light also forming a ball of light in my hands and that's me sharing my light with whoever wants to come by and say hello so i'll do that with the palladians as well and i have so much response to that it's ridiculous and there's another one which I haven't really done yet, which I was talking to you both about before, which is there's a it's through Cobra, there's a, a Pleiadian craft invocation where you can literally speak it out. It's quite quite good actually. I've not done it yet, but it reads quite well. 
is you can bring in a ship if you have your own personal space at your own land um, or, or a space that belongs to you and is relatively private, you can invite a craft down um, to come and visit you. Now, we haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet. So we'll have to see how that works out. But Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's important to not be trying too hard. You know, like if you're trying too hard, that's not the right energy because now you're forcing something and you're in you're in your own way. Like you're in actually resisting your own self. Um and you know, just the other day, um I was kind of going through there's been some like triggers coming up interestingly enough for my own healing and something that I'm going through and I kind of like burst into tears um, while I was lying in bed and uh, I had kind of woken up in the middle of the night and just kind of started feeling all these things and I just could feel like something was trying to purge itself through um, getting a release and just kind of with it. And then I, I don't know, I just felt like I needed some help and understanding more about it. And um, I just kind of said you know, telepathically, I guess, to the Pleiadians, because I, I was crying. I'm like, I just, if there's something you can do to help me understand this, or just show me something, or like what I, anything that I may need to know that I'm not seeing, you know, just, I would be so grateful. And I just kind of fell back asleep. And sure enough, in a dream, I was shown exactly what I needed to know, and everything wow. made sense. And um, the dream was very powerful, and it spoke in a very synchronistic way. And um, and I was just like, wow, that came in quick, you know? And so like, you just mm -hmm. never know how you're going to have your communication, whether it's conscious, whether it's dream state, mm -hmm. um, maybe it's in your meditation. There's just so many ways of connecting and to not dismiss the subtleness of some of the communication, because a lot of it is quite subtle and you have to be comfortable with the subtleness and not expect it to be wham, bam in your face. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, but it's important to ask ask for signs, you know, as as guidance too, because they're they're there all the time. We're just not aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank amazing. you, Nicole. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. It's amazing. Yeah. Always bringing top top shelf energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Nicole, why don't you let my audience know where they can get in touch with you if they'd like to reach out to you? Uh, you can find me on my website at thequantumnutritionist.com. I'm also on on Twitter as The Quantum Nutritionist and Instagram as well. And David? Yeah, sure. I mean, don't contact me unless you're interested in becoming a leader and, and working me out of work. <laughs> but you can go to, just kidding, but not kidding, uh, abovejuality.com. Uh, my latest series with Kiara Windrider that, that some have been following, which has been a lot of fun. And <laughs> we're just getting heated out. We've got some, got a really cool live coming this Tuesday is age of, uh, age of Pandora. So abovejuality.com forward slash age, uh, age of Pandora, um, age, uh, above duality on YouTube, above duality on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which I'm on and off depending on, uh, my vibrational states and what I'm tolerating at the time. So all that. And um, no, thank you, just in closing, thank you to you, Nicole, for like, I know Nicole, James and I are regularly part of your um, your live chats. We will always continue to be so as we can be. I'm sure Nicole will echo that as mm -hmm. for the work that you're doing, for the messages that you're bringing. It is very powerful, the guests that you're bringing on. It's not easy doing what you're doing. And, you know, we both know that. So thank you for your continued service to humanity. And it is a, a pleasure always to come on and look forward, obviously, to more. 
Well, thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely, for... ditto that, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for sharing the platform with me and um, holding space for so much wisdom to come through. I really enjoyed hearing what both of you had to say. And I think the over... Um, the, the big message here for everyone to kind of take away before we end the show is just be really mindful of whose timeline you're really creating, you know, where is your energy going and how much are you contributing to it in maybe even unconscious ways that you're not, you're, you're not aware of and choose to take back your own sovereignty of creation and, and, and get creative with, with all the areas that are available to you to create and start being aware of, um, what it is your future looks like and what you need to do to get there. All right, guys. So I love you so much. Thanks for joining me this week and I'll be back with you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening and being such a supportive audience. All video episodes can now be found on my personal YouTube channel, Nicole Frolic. If you would like to further support the show, you can visit my merchandise shop or send any donations to the PayPal link in the description below. Remember, a mind is like a parachute. Unless it's open, it's useless. So keep joining me each week as I continue to expand the mind and explore life beyond this reality.